Hey, welcome. It's great to be with you, as always, on the Brattlecast. I'm Jordan Rich, and uh, one of my favorite things to do is sit down and chat with this gentleman, Ken Gloss, the proprietor of the Brattle Bookshop in Boston, a historic landmark, a place you'd fall in love with if you love books, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. And Ken, it's great to see you. Uh, You just came back, you said, from a long trip, checking out a whole mess of books in somebody's attic, I assume. Uh, Well, it wasn't quite an attic, and it it was... (laughs) It was down on Cape Cod near, in Truro, so it was down near the end near Provincetown. It was a little over a two-hour drive getting there, but then it's then the weather got a little inclement coming back, so it was yeah. almost three hours getting back. But the, it, but that's one of the fun things I do. It's the hunt, and there's probably about 4,000 books in one of the better collections of 20th century poetry. Oh. So when I get it back and when we can get it processed and get it on the shelves— uh, there are a lot of people uh, we think will really like it. And, you know, depending on how fast the customers come in, uh, the person who sold it to us will be thrilled that they're going to get used. They will move into a small place. Uh, we'll be thrilled that the customers like it and we'll make a profit on it, too. So and you profit. you have the, the same motto as the U.S. Post Office, you know, rain, sleet, snow, it doesn't matter. Uh, you, you go after your hunt and you make it. <laughs> well, it, let me put it this way. When I left, it wasn't it wasn't snowing or raining. Uh, and my wife has some stay over that. Sometimes when I would go and she nicks it. I would say, though, that if you get a call to go to the Cape in June, July, August, or May, or whatever, that's not a bad assignment on a sunny day. But we'll, we'll leave that for another time. Um, in, in fact, that parlays beautifully into what we're going to talk about, and that is the, the viability of operating, in your case, a successful operation, in operating a bookstore, an independent bookstore in 2021 with all that's going on. So w- where can we start? Uh, would you say thumbs up to people who are thinking about it or thumbs well, down? I, I, I would say thumbs up to anybody thinking about it. it. It's a lot of fun. It's good. But I also get this question a lot. Is it viable? And not only an independent store, because most of the times when people think of independent stores, they think of new bookstores. There are also stores that carry new and used, and then there are sort of the old-fashioned store like mine, sort of the classic old secondhand bookstore. And I think it's wonderful. Um, I think there are a lot of issues nowadays with it. Uh, And most of the people who I know who are going into the used and rare book business are doing it completely different than the way my father did 70 years ago. Um, you know, he when he went in, it was in Scully Square in Boston, which was a somewhat rundown area. Matter of fact, used bookstores tend to be in a somewhat rundown area because I think he was paying fifty dollars a month rent <laughs> when he first started. Well, it, first of all, it definitely is cheaper than what it would be now, but on the same way, rent was just cheaper then. Oh, of course. So. Um, So, you know, so he could just get a start without a lot of capital to get him going and a lot of work and energy. Uh, Now, I think to do it to some degree, people, if they want to be in a used uh, bookstore, they tend to not open the large general secondhand store. Partly there's a big overhead in doing that. It's harder to find place. Uh, I'll get back to this, but the real estate is as much a problem as anything else. But what people tend to do is 
they either go into a very specialized area, uh, maybe it's just books on technology or just modern 20th century first editions or just one small subject. And they work either out of their house, their garage, their basement, uh, the extra room and, and uh, go around, get books. But a lot of times now they do it online. They do it electronically. And it's something you can do cheaper. Also, it's someone who has a full-time job can do it almost as a hobby or a secondary job. Uh, another, another area that people get into is the person who maybe just retired and they've always wanted to start a bookstore or an inn, a cafe or something. And they can do it with their collection that they've just gotten. But if you want to run a store like I run, it's, it, it's a lot more challenging. Almost anywhere in the cities now, there really isn't cheap rent. And I mean really cheap rent. And used bookstores do not have to be on the main street. They don't have to be on Madison Avenue. They don't have to be on Washington Street in Boston or Rodeo Drive on the west. Uh, they can be in a somewhat out of area. They need to be within walking distance because people will tend to find you. If the, the real book collectors, if they hear there's a used bookstore, they'll, they'll tend to find you and look and look where you're going. But a lot of, when my father started the business, a lot of the ways he made money was he would get just used secondhand books that you know, maybe when they came out new or maybe they're out of print, that he could go to a, uh, a Morgan Memorial, a St. Vincent de Paul, places like and pay 10 cents, 15 cents, and sell for a dollar. Uh, nowadays, people who go to these library sales, yard sales, book sales, they don't need the retail location. They have their website and they put it up that way. I, and that also competes very, very much with a lot of the people that we sell books to. Because, gee, if you're looking for a specific out-of-print title, a hard-to-get title, you go online, you sit in your bedroom, uh, dressed however you want to be dressed, and, and you go click, you buy it, and you get it. So a lot of these books that my father, the higher price ones he had, you thought were just hard and rare. Now it turned out they were just hard to get. They're not that rare. So that part of the market has come down. But I think probably what I tell the main thing that if somebody wants to go in the book business, obviously you have to love it because very, very, very few people get rich doing it. There are a few. Uh, and it's a huge amount of work. I mean, you know, I point out to people uh, if I buy a thousand books in a fifth floor walk up in 95 degree heat, who do you think has to carry a thousand books out of a fifth floor walk up in 95 degree heat? It's very, very physical, but I think the viability is there. Um, One of the questions, if I can, if I can just jump sure. in here, I, I love the fact that uh, people are fascinated and still flocking to your store and stores like yours. So the question is more of an observation. It seems to me that despite the um, rise in electronic media and downloads, that there's an audience still for the printed page, the hardcover, the softcover. Am I right about that? Oh, there's absolutely no question. And there's also an audience 
for people who want to just go into a used bookstore or a, a new bookstore and just browse. I mean, independent, you know, go in, you, you don't really know what you want. Maybe you're going out to dinner in an hour, or maybe you're going to the theater when you can go to the theater and dinner and, and you just browse or you're going in looking for a subject or a specific book. Now that's harder because if it's a specific book, you can go online. Chances of finding it are better than just wandering in. But if you are looking for a subject, looking what's coming in new, I mean, we get loads of people who come in regularly just wondering what came in yesterday. We were talking about I went down to Cape Cod, bought about three or 4,000 poetry books. Well, if somebody comes into my shop today, they might go, yeah, you have a decent poetry section. If they come in about three weeks from now, when we get these out, they'll go, you have the greatest poetry section. <laughs> of but if they come in three weeks after that, maybe we've sold a lot of it and it, it doesn't work as well. You know, you said something that really struck me. It's one of the last places in a retail environment where you can actually browse. And it, it, there's an entertainment factor. And I know I speak for a lot of our listeners. It's not just going in for one book or one subject, but it's, oh my gosh, look at all the things I can discover and I might find something I didn't know I was looking for. That that sense of browsing is is lost in a lot of other retail establishments. It's, it's lost in a lot of it. I mean, Amazon, you know, now even clothing store, almost anything you want, you get it. You, if you don't like it, you just send it back. Uh, but I think the other thing that used bookstores have is you never know what's going to be there, but you also never know what the owner is going to be or the people who work there are going to be. And many times you strike up very good relationships. Uh, a lot of times, once we get to know somebody, you'll call them and say, we just got in this or that. Uh, and sometimes it's really surprising. And I bought a collection and this was a number of years ago. Uh, it was about 2,000 books on parapsychology. And I bought it basically during a snowstorm. Uh, got it back to the store and late in the day, went home. Next day, I was there. I put all the books down in the basement where nobody could see them. Uh, weather was terrible. And I started getting calls. I hear you just got in a whole new collection. I did. I you know, I'm thinking this is parapsychology, you know, the vibrations <laughs> went out around the world. Well, it turns out that I had outbid a couple of dealers where, you know, it's very collegial. And what they did was, well, gee, they were disappointed they didn't get it. But they called a couple of their customers and said, look, we didn't get this, but it's there. Why don't you give them a call? And at least I didn't think the spirits were down in my oh, face. Oh, here it is. I thought the late Madame Cleo or somebody had something <laughs> to do with it. That's so interesting when you talk about the, the excitement that some of your customers have when something turns over or turns up. And I was telling Ken right before coming on the air that I love to just browse in the outdoor bins. We've talked about the outdoor bins before because I never know – it's not the same day to day. I never know what I'm going to find. And I think that's the beauty of it. Let me ask you a couple of other things about the viability and the importance uh, of, of paying attention to detail. Employees, unless you're doing it all by yourself, you've got to get the right kind of people to assist and to work the, the counters. What kind of people are you looking for in that case? Well, generally, it's, it's interesting because one of the things, too, that I believe very much is you need employees, but you also need 
to treat employees really well. I mean, this, I think, is throughout business. And a lot of the viability of any store is the business part. And employees know when they're be being treated well. They know when they're not being treated well. And for instance, even since we've mentioned this uh, one on Cape Cod that I went to recently, yet uh, just before I'm doing this, I had called one of our employees. He doesn't normally work this day, but someone else had called in sick. And I said, hey, look, I'm really stuck. He was in within an hour. Mm. And he said, sure, I'll do it for you. You know, I mean, if he couldn't have done it, he wouldn't have. But it was more, so you need people who enjoy. And what we normally uh, get for employees or look for, a lot of, they tend to be younger because uh, when we do an interview for work, and, and Jordan, you would come in and say, look, our first questions would go like this. Do you have any back, knee uh uh, injuries. Of course. Uh, are, are you allergic to dust, mold, mildew? Do you have any problems lifting heavy boxes? We would literally go through that. And then when you, if, assuming you said you're fine with all of that, mm. then we would go, well, where did you go to school? What's your educational background? Uh, why do you want the job? And a lot of the people who work here, we have a couple of managers who have been here 10 plus years. But a lot of them are writers, artists, actors, uh, musicians who want to work at a job that they like, they can enjoy, that they, the people who work come into the store, the people they work with are fun. But then they can go home, completely forget about work and do whatever creative things they want to do. Yeah. Uh, there's a richness to the atmosphere at the Brattle Bookshop. I can tell people that. And when I say that, I mean... I'll go to the counter with a book or two, and you can't almost avoid striking up a conversation about the title you just picked up with the person behind the counter, whoever it is. They've been, and then most of them are younger people than I am, but they're very, very with it and very astute, and they will make recommendations, which is another thing that people love about a bookstore. Uh, hey, I'm looking for a book on gardening. What do you recommend? Well, let's take you over here and show you what we have, and here's the one that I like. It's almost, it, it blows my mind that you, of all people, you, but the people you have working for you know so much about the inventory. Well, a lot of them are, they like it. They, <laughs> they like, like what it. They do. Yeah. Uh, and, and they also see what's coming in new. And, and we go a little bit one step beyond that because we know a lot of people who are looking for specific subjects, areas, fields. So, Again, we might get on the phone in a week or two and say, we just got in this poet that you're looking for, or, or this poet's in poetry associated with this person. And so we keep that in mind. But So we look for employees like that. But one of the things that I point out to people when they come and ask me is being in, running a bookstore, you can run it out of your house, your office, uh, electronically. You can see a lot of people. You cannot see a lot of people. But the type of store that I run is actually very, very important to the business in general. And, uh, and it would be a tragedy if it's totally lost. Because in order for someone to be able to sell rare books out of their house or office in a small getaway place, people have to be interested and know what a used and rare book is. And one of the ways they get to know what used and rare books are by the few general stores that are still left in the cities, like mine, where they can, 
we get so many tourists come in and go, is this a library? Is this a store? Can you buy things? Where do you get the books? And, and now the way I run the store is, first of all, it's a business first and foremost. All of the stories I tell, all of the enjoyment I get, all of the love I do of it is there. It's, there's no question. But bottom line, I have to make a living. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, and <laughs> we, we very consciously, years and years and years ago, when we could afford it, we bought the property because we felt that right. was a security. Right. Uh, we, I do a lot of lecturing and touring that way. And it's not, I love getting out and meeting people and talk to them, but the real purpose of that is to keep the name of the story. Of course, it's, it's, what, it's why we do this podcast is, is to entertain, but also to promote the store and what uh, great riches uh, await people when they get there. No, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think uh, you've had a model that's worked for so many decades now because you realize it's always the bottom line and without it, you don't exist. But at the same time, you instill that sense of fun and adventure with your employees and the, and the customers. So it, It's a good thing. Now, the one thing that I worry about, and, and you know, the viability of this type of large or old general bookstore is real estate. It's really, that mm. is the key thing. That If you're looking to start or go into this business, whether you have a bond that you can afford out in the country or however, you need... I think one of the first things is the real estate because I worry um, my daughters are doing fabulously in their lives, but it's not running a bookstore that they're going to want to do. If I retire, the property is worth more than the business. So I'm going to have to figure that out. But I think people, I would encourage anybody, if you can give it a shot, if you need advice, we're here to help you. I'll even help competitors. Uh, and uh, But that's one of the joys. Now, and now, one of the things that disappointed me recently, there's a large bookstore in Cleveland. And what they did is they have probably an inventory of bigger than mine, close to a million books. But what they did is they shut off the whole store other than one area where they have $3 books, which are like my outside, a 3000 dollar and five dollar which is like my outside but they don't let anyone else browse in the main store because they mm. do it all online and i hate to see that yeah. they do well it works for them but i think the browsing it, we've got to keep it, those stores going absolutely and anyone who has interest get in touch with me i'll give you all the advice <laughs> i can he means it too it's brattlebookshop.com obviously that's how you reach him uh fascinating and uh i've been with you doing this for a couple of years now and I've been a fan of the store for decades and uh, I'm just thrilled that you're doing so well and we will continue to uh, thrill you with stories and regale you with stuff from the Brattle Bookshop on the next edition of the Brattlecast. Thanks Ken. 